Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of MCU TV. Today is Saturday, April 3rd. Uh, and did you guys? So, Shiba, is April Fool's a thing in Canada? Yes, it is. And my students pranked me on Thursday. And it was fantastic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, folks, this will be a prank free. Uh, episode because I'm not the biggest fan of uh, April Fool's. Tim, how about yourself? Um, well, I've decided to grow hair. <laughs> no. Um, not, not really. You know, there are some people who are like vehemently opposed to April Fool's Day and, and I'm not. It's just one of those things that um, like, you know, especially on social media, you, you kind of just have to really consider what yeah. it is that that you're looking at because the vast majority of stuff that ends up on there at least in the pop culture space is is mm-hmm. crap on april fool's day um and but some I of it's really like, clever also yeah. like you know there's there's some outlets that very obviously do some wild and outrageous stuff and it's really clever and it's really funny you just got to know what what you're looking at and take stuff in stride um and expect and that something- there may be other things that like don't look to be prankish they don't seem to be so outlandish but they may very well be yeah that's and the thing is is that there's a limit like i mean if it's just some like silliness i'm i don't mind it i'm like oh that's funny you know like like i said my kids pranked my pranked me at school they put sticky notes all over my desk um when i went like i went to, to eat lunch and i came back and i had sticky notes everywhere uh-huh. i put a whoopee cushion on my chair that kind of stuff that makes me laugh because i'm like you know what it's harmless it's easy to yeah. clean up there's no giant mess and nobody's feelings are hurt Right, right. But there's other things where I'm like, oh, no, that's don't do those kinds of things. So I, I warn them that they, they can pull any prank that they want to, as long as it's not ruining any of my stuff, not hurting me or anybody else in the class. Um, and I'm like, if you're not sure, ask an adult to see if you know that's an okay thing you can do. And then otherwise, you're you're good to go. So they, that's those are usually the conditions. So yeah, it was. Um, even on Thursday, just looking through things on social media was like, is this real? Oh, no, it's not real. Oh, OK. Whoopsies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thankfully, the kids were off school. Uh, and so they didn't feel the need to do any pranks around the board or anyone my son came up with. I had to point <laughs> out uh, we have a dog who likes to get into a lot of things. And <laughs> let's not like end up in a vet visit accidentally. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We better, Tim? We're good. Sorry, folks. We we had a, a bit of a technical snafu, which I think threw off the the levels at the jump. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into uh, the episode. Uh, today we we're talking about The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 3, The Power Broker. So... Uh, Sheba, what, what were your first thoughts after this episode? I was a little disappointed. I was expecting more. I mean, it, again, it, it's not like any MCU thing I, I enjoyed. Like, I was enjoying it. There were some parts I liked about it. But overall, it was kind of like, eh, all right. It was an episode. We'll see what happens next next week kind of thing. Um, it wasn't one of my favorite ones. Um, okay. And a, a lot of it was, I mean, we'll probably get into it later. But a lot of it was just... Um, they kind of made Sam the butt of the jokes. Um, like he was just a comic relief kind of thing for me. And I just feel like Sam is, is better than that. So, um, there were moments where I was like, Oh no, I didn't, I didn't like that. 
Um, I feel like even with with like some of the introductions, they weren't there. There was there were some surprises, but it wasn't as exciting as I think I'd hoped that they would be. So it was just a little disappointing for me. Fair. What about you, Tim? I know a lot. You you didn't love last week's episode. So how did this week stack up? Yeah, it's interesting that that Sheba and I kind of uh, you know flipped on on these. Um, yeah, I I really I like this episode. This wasn't like a really heavy hitting episode, but I felt that this one advanced the story considerably. Um, I thought overall the story was told real well. Um, there were some good references in it. We we got Madripoor. Uh, we got Sharon Carter coming back. We you know it it it, it really seemed to to move things along pretty well. Um, and as we had mentioned before that this episode along with episode four are written by the same guy who did John wick. And this episode had total John wick vibes coming out of it. Um, for, for so many reasons, it's also really interesting that this one is titled the power broker yet. We did not meet the power broker. Maybe, maybe (laughs) I have, I have a theory and I will tell you, Credit where credit is due. The theory actually came from my wife. All right. So I think you and Robin are wrong. Um, okay. But we'll, we'll, we'll get into that later in the episode. Um, you know, I really, um, and, and maybe because this is, is purely a genre that resonates uh, to me, um, like the first two episodes, uh, loved, loved this episode. I mean, I love good uh, action buddy cop type movies. Um, we definitely continue to have that vibe. Um, I, while it was a somewhat intense scene, I still LOL'd, uh, at the end when Sam said, you're not going to move up your seat. Are you He just in his glaring (laughs) stare said, no. Um, (laughs) and what a great, uh, great callback, um, Mm -hmm. to that. Um, so let's let's jump in and talk about some of the major uh, plot points with the show. So we did see, and we had that tease last week, uh, that Zemo returns. Um, and we got to see him at least for an instant in his comics-accurate uh, uniform. I hate calling them costumes. Um, <laughs> but costume uniform with the mask, um, which apparently... Um, the actor had seen and that was kind of how they asked him to come back if they delivered him the mask and, and basically a briefcase. Um, and nice. that was how they asked him to, to come back, which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> can can um, I say, though, that it was it was kind of odd. And I know oh, I'm yeah. jumping to like the third act, um, but it was really odd that he doesn't wear the mask through the whole thing except for 30 seconds. When mm-hmm. he decides to put it on before he kills a bunch of, of these bounty hunters and then immediately takes it off. Just yep. really strange. And I don't know why, because it's not, I mean, certainly people had seen his face, um, but maybe it's I, just because he's think, trying to like get a reputation for this masked guy. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think. Think that's a bigger Marvel issue. Look at how many times Cap takes off his helmet. Thor doesn't have a helmet. We see glimpses of inside Tony's armor to see Robert Downey Jr. They mm-hmm. don't generally like their actors and actresses wearing things that cover their face, even True. though they're comics accurate. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
go back as far as we never saw, you know, you know, Wolverine, you know, with his mask or any, you know, right. even in the X-Men. It's just it seems to be a thing. Um, mm. So, that yes, it jumped out at me, but I'm like, that's just Marvel being Marvel. They don't like yeah. their folks wearing things around their face. Yeah. And it would have kind of been nice to see a little bit more background on the mask, I guess. They just kind of were like, here you go. Here's the mask. And you're like, what is the significance? Are we going to talk more about it? Like from from what we got in in winter, uh, sorry, in Civil War, where, you know, Zemo's just being Zemo. And then all of a sudden now he has a mask. <clears throat> and unless, I mean, if you know the comics and it, you're, you understand more of the background stuff, but for anybody who may not have, then it would have been nice to have seen like a little glimpse of it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, at yeah. least that's what I would have thought. I mean, I think that, I like. think that's one of those Easter eggs. I also think I, I for as much as is in Kevin Feige's brain, I can't imagine he imagined Zemo being one of the villains they end up bringing back because right. you're right. She, but all of a sudden they're like, Oh, I'm a Baron and I'm rich. Right. And this and that. So like all of a sudden it was like, I have all of this backstory that we just didn't tell you the last time we met. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, and, and the thing is that Zemo is, he's not powered. He doesn't have, you know, a suit or anything like that. He just happens to be a, you know, angsty and apparently rich guy um, who's a really good manipulator and he's really resourceful. And, Mm -hmm. and this episode did, did obviously allude to a lot more background to him. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot, not just the money factor, but also like people in Madripoor knew this guy. So he's hung out there considerably. Like he didn't just like visit once or twice. Uh, he didn't do take a family family vacation there or anything like that. Like the dude has spent some time there. He knows the people. The people know him. Um, mm-hmm. it, yeah, like there's there's some kind of really deep connection there, which which I think is cool. And, and I appreciate that. I don't know if we're going to get any more out of it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe yes, maybe no. Uh, I, I, I need to I, I got to do a, a, a poll here. Um who who is your more favorite character, uh, Baron Zemo or Jen Walker? Hundred percent Baron Zemo. Yeah, yeah, yeah same. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, little, that little dance he does in the club. Or at the party oh my gosh, yeah. my that's funny. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. I was like, and somebody made it into a GIF, GIF, whatever you want to call it, oh and it's God. like my favorite thing on the internet. <laughs> I love it. Somebody on TikTok was like. When they, they did a video where they were like, hey, if you get pushed in, into a club, but the only dance, you know, is the Zemo dance and then like starts doing like the dance that Zemo does. And I'm like, this is amazing. And I love it. And it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so as uh, the the story progresses a little bit, um, we do get um, a, a number of different countries. And I don't want to spend too long talking about the countries at this plot point. Um, but, uh, I did chuckle when we saw, uh, Latva and I think it was Lithuania, uh, mm-hmm. that we saw and I, they kept throwing up L countries and I was like, Oh, Tim, no Latveria for you. Yeah. You know, I, I was and waiting they, for it and, and, and someone had hit me up. Um, uh, I think it was David had, had hit me up in, in, um, discord, uh, in, in, in discord and, and said, Hey, you know, they, they, kind of missed an opportunity with Latveria. And I, and I initially was thinking the same thing, but then I thought, well, maybe not. Um, I, just simply because maybe Marvel isn't ready for it. And, but I think a, a lot of people were holding their breath with it. 
I mm-hmm. do also think that there is, I did have the fleeting thought of, of uh, when Zemo was talking about basically the fact that Sokovia doesn't exist anymore, yeah. that it was basically swallowed up by other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, Latveria has existed for a long time. It's 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 an ancient country, you know, really deep rooted, you know, that that kind of uh, Eastern European history kind of thing. Um, so, you know, it wouldn't just simply be a new country. But that said, if they were a neighboring country and they happened to swallow up Sokovia, yeah, that is a mm-hmm. a, a good foot in the door, I think. Um, oh, if they want to do something that takes us back to at least what was Sokovia. So maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we, which would actually, I think is a good, maybe com- conversation for guardians, because if mm-hmm. Latveria swallowed up what was Sokovia, uh, there is a lot of tech and metal that could certainly come into play mm-hmm. based on the final fight scene there. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, some little bits and pieces of, of Ultron, yeah. Yeah, well, and like all the Ultron minions and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do get one fictional uh, country from the Marvel uh, Universe uh, from the comics, which is now part of the MCU, uh, and we talk a little bit about it, but we do get Madripoor. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit, you know, into this but i mean that was also just the shots uh and everything else seemed like a country city designed for an action movie the the neon the underground all about the look and the the feel of it Mm -hmm. um we also get uh all of our characters reprising uh, and Sheba, I think this is, you know, one of the places where you kind of talk to, you know, they all have to assume a role. So Baron Zemo assumes the role of Baron Zemo. Yeah. Bucky assumes the role of the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And poor Sam. Sam gets the Smiling Tiger. Yeah. And he's like, that's a lame name. Yeah. Which it, well, and Smiling guess. Tiger does have an MCU history, and That's maybe it's exactly. worth us talking about on Guardians. I I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see where they go with it. Um, yeah, he's in the comics as well, so which is why, like, I I didn't know that either. Which yeah, I didn't later on, but it was just poor Sam though. Just ends up being all like the, the butt of the jokes, really. And I don't know. I feel like he was out of character in terms of uh, things that he would do, like the drinking of the of the the shot i feel like he would have even if he didn't like it he probably would have stayed in character and maybe afterwards been like that was disgusting like i I hate both of you kind of thing um he might have later on done something but in the moment he wouldn't have like he was being too obvious that he didn't want to drink it that Mm. and like i felt like he could have been it would have been given away so easily and i was like oh it's not it's honest i don't know seymour shiba where you took that i took that as Sam being very much out of his element. Yeah, Sam is not a spy. Sam is not Sam. Well, yes, he was two years on the land. He he's a soldier. He's and so for him to be undercover, for him to be in a place like that, I, I am sure his internal alarm bells were just going off left and right um, yeah. about this. So that's kind of that was the take I had. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of that, yes, I think you know some of the aspects he did play a little bit of the, you know, comic relief in this episode. But in, in these situations, 
you know, I just felt like he was just, uh, you know, not a man out of time, but a man out of place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And th- there was also this uh, not so subtle thing that was going on between Zemo and Bucky, where very clearly Zemo was, um, while he was playing the role and obviously getting Bucky to play the role of Winter Soldier, Zemo mm-hmm. was enjoying that, I think, a bit too much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and they even started off the episode with it where, you know, when Bucky walks into the cell and Zemo starts uh, putting out the, 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 the keywords, the trigger words mm-hmm. for um, for Bucky's brainwashing. And, you know, it, it was it was a cool callback kind of thing. And even though it, you know, like Zemo mentions, uh, mentions to Sam, like, oh, you know, hey, your 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 friend goes right back into old habits pretty well. Mm-hmm. You, you you really you felt some sympathy for Bucky because you're like, this yeah. dude is being manipulated. Yes, he's a total badass. He was like just destroying everyone in that bar. Yeah. But damn, he's just being manipulated by this guy. And and that's one of those things that like through much of this episode, you're like, oh, OK, you know, Zemo is actually like reasonably likable. But it, then in this moment, you're like, oh, he's a raging mm-hmm. dick bag and I hate oh, him for he, this. Yeah. You know, and I was oh, at, he's, every, he's going to screw them over. Majorly. That's exactly. Yeah. At every yeah. turn, this episode, I was like really tense because I'm like, is he going to leave them now? Is he going to screw them over now? What's mm-hmm. going to happen? Oh, oh is yeah. it now? And he kept coming back and I was like, all right, fine. It's not today. Yeah. <laughs> but I would just, I kept waiting for it to happen. And I'm mm-hmm. sure like, I feel like there's going to be a point where I'm going to go, oh, okay, yeah, no, you know what? It's fine. And then he's just going to pull a quick one and be like, nope, just kidding. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also see in Madripoor uh, the return of Sharon Carter, um, who I texted Tim while I was watching because I know he'd already seen it. Uh, and, and my comment uh, was, uh, when did Sharon become such a badass? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I mean, she is 100% badass now. Yeah. Yeah, she, she I, really is. And, and if, if you didn't catch it, we actually saw her in the bar. Yeah. So when they first walk yeah. into the bar, um, the camera hits her really, really briefly. She's got the hoodie um, yeah. o- over she, her head. She turns away, and and she turns away and 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 walks out. And then this is, then it's also a little. It's actually almost kind of subtle um, and a little confusing when they're in. I can't remember the woman's name that they're that they go Shelby, uh, Shelby that they eventually yeah, go Shelby. to talk to. And then there's the whole kerfuffle with Sam and taking the phone call from his his sister. There's yeah. a shot that comes through the window, and mm-hmm. that shot was Sharon, presumably. Um, That's what I was going to ask. Do you guys think it was Sharon or not? Yeah, I, yeah, because it, it because a, then later hmm. on when they're running um, and they're out in that alleyway, um, and then bounty hunters start coming after them there's a sniper that's up in the window and that also seemed to be Sharon um, because yeah. then she leaves the window and then she's down in the street like a moment later. So I, I it, it's either her or someone who's working for her. And I think she has a lot of people working for her. I'm just going to say that. And um, <laughs> I, I think for me, it was I like, I love, I loved how, like amazing and how she fought and all that, the stuff that she was doing in this episode. I just was, I guess, cause I was expecting and I knew who she was going to be. She was going to show up that it wasn't as I wasn't like, Oh my God, I can't believe she's here. I was just kind of like, all right, cool. She's here. Yeah. Um, 
it wasn't a, oh my gosh, you did something so amazing. I was like, all right, cool. You're sharing Carter. Nice. Like it was, it wasn't as exciting. And I think that's what was disappointing for me this episode. There was a lot of things. There were some things that I really, really enjoyed, but then some things that I was kind of like, oh, okay. And it could just be because maybe I watched too many trailers or too many promotional things. Um, Maybe that was the reason, but it wasn't, I wasn't as excited as I wanted to be. I just, it was an episode and I'm like, Mike, it was an episode. Cool. And then that was it. What got me with Sharon um, and it, it's kind of one of the first uh, fight scenes when they're in Hightown or after the fight scene when they're in Hightown mm-hmm. and how disillusioned uh, she'd become. Oh, and this yeah. was a woman who stood up to uh, the uh, Hydra in um, Winter Soldier, um, mm-hmm. who then went on and after being the, the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D., wanted to continue to serve and protect her country, went to the CIA. Mm-hmm. Um, she stood for, you know, for good, for protecting America. And like right out of the gate, she was like, you do know this whole theory, hero thing is bullshit. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and Sam, you know it. You gave up the S.H.I.E.L.D. Don't even pretend. Just yeah. like how yeah. years on the run have changed her. Um, and, and to me, it was a very sympathetic moment as well of mm-hmm. I mean, thinking where, you know, one of the last times we saw her in the speech she gave at Peggy's funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and, so, and you even look at that legacy of, of being uh, Peggy's niece that, you know, like mm-hmm. there's a pretty heavy legacy on her for. Patriotism, I guess. I don't know. Is 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 yeah. is the the right word mm-hmm. for it? But you know, working for the government and and doing all these things for the government, and you know, it. The thing is, is that also in the end, maybe she still is. I there's there there are so many potential things, and especially once you start to get into mm-hmm. like spy thriller stuff like this is. Mm-hmm there's all sorts of potential manipulations that it could be, Hey, you know what? She's, she actually really is CIA and she's just embedded um, in Madripoor doing this thing or, you know, whatever Um, I loved. So this is where we so very clearly had a lot of, of John wick type of of moments in this Mm. when, um, when they went on the run um, everyone in the area got this text with the bounty, mm-hmm. yep. which is, is, you know, very similar to, to what happened in, in, in John wick. Um, mm-hmm. and then uh, particularly a lot of the fight scenes with Sharon, once they got into, oh, uh, the where the shipping pure, containers were pure John wick. Yeah. Very, very John mm-hmm. wick. Um, I mean, she's awesome with, uh, I actually, I, I have come to really appreciate fights that involve batons. Because they mm-hmm. are really, they're very fast. They're very intimate fights, and you you look at uh, you look at Sharon's fight in in this movie. You look at um, the the Daredevil Netflix shows, mm-hmm. and yeah. him using his batons there. Um, you look at uh, uh, Jin from Rogue One, um, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. she had that one baton fight, and like they're they're absolutely freaking brutal, and it's 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 more than just like going fisticuffs with somebody because you have this piece of hard freaking metal that you're smashing someone's face in with. Um, but it's still like just so close up and, and yeah, like really, really crazy, like awesome stuff. Um, I love the fight scenes with her. I, I loved it. 
the and, and there was that the I would even say that John Wick uh, feel even in the party and the music and the I mean mm. and, and oh yeah 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 you know we'll t- you know we've got it you know for the kind of effects but when uh, they're even walking into Madripoor I mean there was just all it was actually mm-hmm. part of it also had a, a Matrix X feeling to uh, to it as well mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So, uh, didn't, I mean, and, and knowing that he didn't have anything to, to, to do with that, it was just the Keanu connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, kind of the choreography and, and the fight scenes. Yeah. Um, and I, I, so I like have... the symbolism also of them crossing the bridge. Yes. Because I, mm-hmm. you know, Madripoor is a silent oh, nation and the symbolism of them crossing the bridge from like the land of the lawful, wherever it's connected to, to the land of the lawless. And mm-hmm. like, there was just this like really, really solid symbolism of, of that. Mm-hmm. And, and and the three of them, as they're walking across the bridge and Zemo's kind of laying everything out to them, like, Hey, here's what you're going to expect. Here's the roles you guys need to play. Um, yeah. yeah, there was, there was something, there was something about that. That that mm-hmm. just that visual of it uh, kind of grabbed me. Yeah. And I I totally enjoyed like the the fight scenes with Sharon Carter. I like I thought they were perfectly fine. It was just they were just some things that it wasn't the fight scenes. It was just I think just the introduction where I was a little disappointed of, <laughs> about it. But again, I think that was because I knew it was going to be happening. It wasn't really a surprise. I was like, oh oh okay. Um, but I did enjoy all the fight scenes. Like I thought they were intense. Um, I really loved the party scene um, mm-hmm. where, you know, we got to see Sam and Bucky being a little awkward and Zemo just being like, yeah, oh, this yeah. is cool. I got, I got this. You know, this is, <laughs> he's, he's having a great time. And you're like, are, are they all at the same party? Because Zemo yeah. just looks like he's, he's just relaxing and having a great time. And the other two are kind of still like a little tense. Mm-hmm. So I, I really enjoyed that. Well, and it really does it's it's such a a grounded thing because mm-hmm. you even just look at the the personalities of 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 different people in real life mm-hmm. and you you put them in that situation and some people yeah. are going to go out there and drink and dance and other people are going to like be wallflowers and you know that's exactly what we saw and it totally mm-hmm. you know it very much lines up with their personalities like oh, bucky I, I i would like if they were there longer Bucky, I think, would probably just sit at the bar and drink. Yeah, Sam, I think, would eventually get into it because you know that Sam can loosen up and 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 have a good time. But mm-hmm. he was very much like you said earlier, John, very much as fish out of water. He's a soldier. He's not a spy. He's okay. still trying to take in the whole thing. And Zemo, right. even though he dances like a really awkward white guy, <laughs> um, I, 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 that it would just still it was his thing, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to have a good time. Um, yeah, but yeah. obviously, at the same time, they're all being like very mindful still yeah. of of their environment and their surroundings, and this whole thing with Sharon, which is just really very different. Yeah. So, so speaking of different, let's talk about our new Captain America, uh, John Walker. I'm sorry, who? Our new what? U.S. agent. U.S. Thank agent. You. Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Can we get back to talking about Zemo? <laughs> no, I'd rather talk about Zemo. Let's talk. Let's talk about John for a little bit. Um, um, so, 
you know, John, he's the he's the best host on the network. Um, <laughs> oh, different, this different this is true. This is true. <laughs> um, so we see him pop up a few times uh, in the episode, um, and and I I kind of appreciated how they started this episode with the Global Repatriation Commission commercial. commercial. And then yeah. the very next thing we see is um, and, and a very militarized uh, uh, GRC police force showing mm-hmm. up, um, which is very interesting for what the commercial was that they would have such a militarized police force. Um, yeah. yeah, they're like a, the, like this global social services organization. Yeah, yeah they have a SWAT team. Yes. Yeah. Like that's really kind of yeah yeah yep. weird new yep. world order kind of thing I, yeah so i don't and and folks i'm not saying this to to get into uh any form of politics at all um and uh fema is a great partner of mine professionally at, at work but to me it was like a fema commercial followed by you seeing like an ice swat team get out someplace yeah um yeah. Was, the, was the very much feel i got and i'm just going to leave it at that mm-hmm. um yeah. So we see uh, we see Walker and I kind of really loved that the cafe owner had zero respect for him. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Spits in his face. And when Walker yeah. loses it and says, do you know who I am? He's like, I do. Don't care. And I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. And you yeah. know what? Because I didn't either. So, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. The, sad, the sad thing is just I may, maybe we can talk more about this in Guardians, but. People have now, I guess, they haven't, they're not able to separate the character from the actor and have been sending poor um, uh, Wyatt Russell Wyatt, yeah. death threats. So I heard because, about that, yeah. Which is, which Don't is do that, frustrating people. Don't do that. Like, no. Yeah, it's like, that's not cool. He's he's acting a part. Yes, if, oh, he's, if you hate I, him that much, it means he's doing a good job. Leave him alone. Yeah. I, uh, Dak Shepard talks a lot about that on his character from Parenthood when he cheated <laughs> on his girlfriend. Right yeah. in the show and the death threats and messages he got, and he's like, "It's a character I'm yeah. playing. I I didn't right. do it." Yeah, yeah. Like if you can't separate um, the actor from the character, then I you should maybe not be allowed to I, I watch mean, one, one. Yeah, like you need a therapist really if, if you can't like yeah. separate yeah. that out and and think yeah. that like this is somehow the actor's fault. Like seriously, seek help because mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. not even making light of that because that's just like you know, exactly. legit wrong. Hmm. Um, so we also see, uh, them, uh, Walker and Battlestar go in search of, I'm, I'm still going to call him Battlestar because that makes me laugh. <laughs> um, and go in search of Zemo, um, you know, always a step behind, which I uh, love in their search. Yes. I love the fact um, that they are be like, they have all these resources behind them. <laughs> Of the mm-hmm. U.S. government and and the 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 whatever the heck GRC. they are and and the GRC and all that stuff and they are behind these two guys who are just yeah. like basically underground with this whole thing and making it up as they go mm-hmm. along. I love that. Yeah. I I almost kind of want to see Walker show up in Magnafor and approach Sharon Carter, ah. um, just oh, yeah. just for her to rip into him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we also find out 
um, that there were 20 vials of super soldier serum made. Um, and let's take that, that that is accurate and no more are, uh, necessarily floating around. Um, and we've got seven super soldiers. So we, we, we got 13 options left. Um, do you guys think we're going to find that there are more? Are we going to see anyone take the serum in the show? Well, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if, because I know U.S. Agent and Battlestar end up end up getting the serum, mm-hmm. whether they have it or not now or later on, has yet to be seen. Um, so it's that they may be the ones who, maybe they've already had it. And so maybe there's those over the other ones, a couple of the other ones have gone, or maybe, you know, they're saving <laughs> them to give them to them later. I feel like we might see, maybe not all of them, but we might see quite a few mm-hmm. of them short. I think we'll see some, and and Shiba, I know you you've got a theory that Walker already has it. Um, I mm. think the scene in the cafe just to me further demonstrates he doesn't because when he pushes the guy back, mm-hmm. I feel like in that moment of pure rage that he had, if he had the serum, he would have thrown the guy right. across the room. I don't. I think there are times where we could have seen him keep it in check to hide it. Right. I think in that moment, there's no keep. I mean, he did not keep any emotion in check. Right. Um, yeah. I think we definitely would have seen it at that moment. I mean, and similar that, to like when we saw Isaiah get mad and throw the the tin across the room. Yeah. And I'm thinking more it might be now more a thing where he's going to get it later on, especially since he's falling behind Sam mm-hmm. and Bucky. He might just go, you know what, this isn't working and it could be because I don't have enough power. Maybe he's going to try to do something to get more so he can kind of get to the same level as, as Sam and Bucky. Even oh, though I could. Sam doesn't doesn't have anything power wise but he's got like the suit and bucky's got the mechanical arm and all that so he might just go you know what i'm really angry i don't have these i don't have powers so give me some so i can be at the same level i i, I think I the final yeah i think the final straw for walker is going to be when bucky when they you know encounter each other again mm-hmm. i think bucky will actually walk up to him and just physically remove the shield from him and yeah. for as you know, skilled of a fighter as Walker is. Sorry, dude, giant metal arm. You can't yeah. do squat. Giant metal arm and super soldier. Yes. Yeah. And and, and there's can. not going to be anything he can do about it. And that's that I think is where then he's going to say, I need to do something else. Oh, and yeah. well, so if, if their intent here is to evolve the character of John Walker, which I believe they will, I, it, it mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. enough investment in the character to do that. I don't think that he's just going to like, you know, after this series, we're never going to see him again. Um, I think they're going to take advantage of that opportunity and, and he's gonna, you know, he's going to shoot himself up. I Mm -hmm. think we're going to see Tim. I I like your, you know, kind of fight between Bucky and Walker. I think to a degree, it'll be very civil war esque, where, you know, he's defeated I, I think he's just defeated and Bucky walks off with the shield. Yep. Um, you know, type of situation. And then we certainly um, see, you know, from several of the tra- trailers leading into this, that Sam does have uh, the the shield and he's practicing he with the shield, the shield. And, and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I'm, we, I'm guessing there's probably going to be then a conversation between Bucky and Sam about it um, yeah. because Bucky is going to, I don't know that Bucky necessarily wants it, 
but I think he's going to want assurances that Sam isn't going to give it up again. Oh, yeah. And well, he's going to see... then hand it back to Sam and say, hey, this is what Steve wanted. Um, you now understand why you need to have this. And and I think that's where it's going to lay out. We see in this episode where Sam talks about maybe he should have destroyed it. And Bucky's very clear. And he's like, no, I'm taking that shield and I yeah. will wear it. I yeah. will be the the new hero that's needed. Yeah. And that that's very comic-esque. Um, where it comes from when Cap died, you had, you know, Bucky take up the mantle. Um, you had Punisher try to take up the mantle. You had a lot of people that was like, mm-hmm. no, this is a symbol and I will take it up. Um, yeah. And so I think, Tim, I could see something along those lines where, you know, Bucky says, you know, hey, Cap wanted you to have this. And if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, I do think we will definitely see seen leaks of sam's uh uh captain america uniform at least you know they've created a toy for it so yeah, uh, yeah. assuming we will see it at some point uh in the show as well i have a feeling that sam whether it's with bucky or he kind of has a talk with with somebody else um i was thinking at first isaiah like maybe he might have a conversation with isaiah and it might just be like a heart to heart what he went through because a lot of it is very similar to what sam has been thinking um, and then maybe making a decision based off of those conversations um, and then kind of going, OK, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm committed to it kind of thing. Um, so when we're talking about the the our seven super soldiers, um, we do see uh, our flag smashers. We get a little bit more insight into and their background about how how they got the serum, how they kind of came about. Um I do think it's very curious that the power broker all gave them the serum. And at least in the comics, uh, the power broker doesn't give away the serum for free. There's Mm -hmm. always uh, generally money uh, in return for it. So I I do hope we'll get a little bit more into why uh, Carly and her crew um, got the, uh, got the serum. Um, But we do see as they, you know, continue to, uh, be the Robin Hoods and take medicine and food and things that are needed for these uh, repatriation camps. Um, we do see them take it up a notch um, when Carly blows up. To me, it looked like an embassy. It was a supply depot, uh, mm. you know, what have you. But she and even her comrades, like there were people in there. And she's like, it's the only language they're going to get. Um, and basically she's, you know, she's robbing from the rich and giving to the poor, but now she's also, uh, killing the rich, uh, as well. So, I mean, to me, that was a definite shift in their approach. Yeah. And I kind of, I was kind of appreciating that before when it was just like that gray area where they were, were treading in. Cause you're like, I understand where they're coming from. So they're, I know they're doing something bad, but I get it. I can, I can sympathize or empathize with them. And then that kind of it it kind of it seemed like they, the 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 writers whoever was saying like hey no actually they're really bad people don't empathize empathize with them I, and I was kind of like oh all right I, I guess that's the direction we're going in I I agree I think the triggering point was either for it was the death of her mom or her mother figure in mm-hmm. one of the camps and the fact that you know there was medicine there were things to make this better and they're being hoarded. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, we, we, we've seen, I mean, just look how Tony flipped out um, yeah. after seeing the death of his parents um, mm-hmm. again. So, I mean, I do think that is definitely, I mean, I, I've never lost a parent. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a feeling the loss of a loved one when you knew there was some way that it could have been prevented uh, can be very triggering. Um, mm-hmm. Which uh, another another thing I kind of wish they had given more of a connection. Like for me, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I know that I know that Carly was connected to the, the the mother figure, but I wish they'd shown a little bit more of her, whether in, in flashbacks or something. And I know there's not enough time for it, but I didn't I, feel that connection. So I was like, I know that she's sad. But I'm like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I don't know who this character is. And it could be that, you know, maybe it was a comic book thing. So people knew more about the character. And I did just didn't know or didn't have that connection. So for me, I was like, oh, okay, she, she passed away. I, I get she's sad, but I don't I don't understand the connection. So so she was kind of funny. I'm, I'm re-watching uh, West Wing uh, mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, and Aaron Sorkin is famous for... He will tell you what you need to know about a character right. when he feels that you need to know it. Yeah. Um, and there are in one of the episodes we were watching it, it revolves all around a bad joke the president uh, said. And, mm-hmm. you know, multiple times uh, SD asked, well, what was the joke? And I was like, we'll find out the joke when Aaron Sorkin wants us to find out what the joke is. And until right. then, it's it, so. It, it's funny you you bring that up and I'm like I, I have a very Sorkin frame of mind where I'm like oh I feel right. like if we need to know that the writers will tell us when we need to know it um and and, and, I, and I get that but it's it's also and I mean I mean different writers different ways so I mean it's mm-hmm. to me I didn't bother me at all because I'm used to right. uh, watching something right now with a writer that only tells you what uh, what he feels you need to know uh, and I think Sorkin is mm-hmm. a genius um and I think that's one of his uh um, aspects to his writing, which I really enjoy. So, um, so we do at the very end get a little bit of uh, a surprise, or at least it was very much a surprise to me. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't when Bucky picked up the first bead, um, but then we see him moving around uh, Lithuania, um, and, and we discover uh, our third old friend in this mm-hmm. episode. And, and how do you feel about it? Yeah, I you know I I thought um, having Ao come in, um, and and I I admittedly I, I had to look her up because I specifically didn't know her name. I don't know that her name was actually ever mentioned um, in, so in any of the movies. But we did first we first saw her in uh, in Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, she was uh, one of T'Chaka's uh, uh, guards with the the mm-hmm. uh, Dormelage, and. Um, yeah, so I think this is awesome. I think this is a just one more element that we're seeing on these Disney Plus shows where they are tying this in to uh to to the to the broader MCU more than just like a mention of something here or there. I mean, they're bringing in other characters. And and in the comics, AO actually has uh some significant backstory in there. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how much they're going to use her in this. I'm excited about her mm-hmm. being in this. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that there is more permanency to it. And I don't know that it's necessarily going to be in this series, yeah. but maybe we're going to see something else. I mean, mm-hmm. and I think we've mentioned this before. Give me a, a, a Dora Milaje series. Oh, yes. I, yep. oh, yeah. Holy crap. I That yep. would be insane. There's so much. Yeah, there, there's so much yeah, history. Yeah, there really is. 
So yeah, you know, I was excited about it. And, and obviously um, the whole tie with Bucky, with, with the white wolf and the time that he yep. spent on Wakanda. So he knew what these things were. He, you know, yeah. he, oh, yeah. he, he saw it, he knew what it was. He took the hint um, very clearly. It was intended. These were breadcrumbs to lead him to her. Um, so, you know, so they could have a conversation because clearly she wants to know why the mm-hmm. hell Zemo is out, why they are with mm-hmm. Zemo, what's going on. Um, and is and it going to be think- one of these things that she's going to, you know, basically allow um, to, to kind of continue on recognizing that there's some utility for them to to have Zemo? Or is she going to say, I'm honor bound to kill the dude. If he's not in right. prison, I'm killing him. Yeah. I, and I find it interesting that they picked her as opposed to Okoye, who has been uh, has been the face of the, yeah. the uh, Dormajaj. Um, and the fact it's so that interesting to in- hear you say names. I know. I screwed them up <laughs> left and right. Worked. I didn't want to say anything. I was like, uh, no, I know. I was bringing it up when I said it, and I was hoping you guys were going to let it go. Thanks, friends. Appreciate it. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to let it go. I'm, I'm, gonna I'm, say, I'm, I'm only going to say basic words from now on. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to say a word. It's fine. We know. We know uh, what you mean. So anyway, moving on from John's uh, flub, uh, you guys can turn it into a drinking game if you want. Uh, you know, or or you know, bingo. Uh, but anyway, that they didn't bring in a, a main character. They brought in someone we've seen, but not someone who has played a, a major role. Um, so I do hope we see uh, more of her. Yeah, because I, I remember when in Civil War, uh, in Civil War, when we saw her for the first time, um, I was like, oh, okay. And then we didn't kind of see her a lot, like as much anymore. You saw her in like the background of the other movies as well, but you didn't see it. There wasn't a focus. She wasn't a focus of a lot of other movies. And I remember when I watched Civil War the first time, I kind of didn't think about her. Didn't even, you know, didn't even ask who she was kind of thing. I, I should have, but I didn't. Um, even in Black Panther, I didn't kind of look to see where she was, if she was still in there. Um, so I kind of like that they're giving her a little bit of a spotlight to be like, hey, yeah, she was in the movies and she actually is important. It's not just some random Dormilaji that we picked to bring with. Oh, is that how you say that word? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, A little little bit. Um, So I I, I like that they brought her back to be like, hey, no, she's actually really important. You you might have thought of her as a background character or just, you know, one of the other Dormilaji, but she's actually really important. And kind of this was like a little tease as to her importance and her significance, Mm -hmm. which I was very happy about. And like you, John, I, at first I was like, oh, it's not a Koye. And then I'm like, wait, I've seen this. I've seen this woman before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I had to like Google and research to make sure that it was actually the same woman and not me just thinking it was mm-hmm. the same woman. Um, yep. So I, I, I really appreciated that. And I was really excited about it. the minute that Bucky picks up the first bead. I'm like, is that a Kamoyo bead? And I'm like, eh, maybe yeah. you're just going crazy. And then when he picks up the other one, I'm like, no, no, that's that's definitely one. And when she finally shows up, I was like, I knew it. And I was that that was super exciting for me. Like that was probably mm-hmm. besides the Zemo dance, this was probably one of my favorite parts. Well, and the fact that Bucky was expecting them. I mean, right. Bucky knew it was only a matter of time. Yeah. I thought I read somewhere where somebody was like, it seems like um AO might just be coming in to, as a courtesy to be like, hey, by the way, I'm gonna go kill this guy, but I just want to let you know I'm here. Not as much a what are you doing with him? It was more just kind of like a common courtesy thing. Um, but who knows? We'll see. 
Uh, I mean, I'm still hoping Wakanda provides uh, Sam his new suit since we know, oh. we know it's not going to be the U.S. military and we know it's not yeah. going to be Stark Tech. True. Oh, I hope Very so. Very true. Um, Good point. So we've kind of talked through some of the directing cinematography. Um, and in the uh, vein of time, I want to give Tim an opportunity uh, to talk about his and Robin's theory. Um, and so, so Tim, I will turn the floor over to you. All right. Uh, thanks, John. So uh, again, this episode was titled, uh, the power broker and we did not, um, overtly meet the power broker. The thought here, and again, credit to my wife, because this was at the very end of the episode, she's like, so Sharon's the power broker, right? And I'm, my mind was blown. Um, when you look at what I think is what I remember to be maybe the last scene of the episode, um, is, uh, this is after the shipping container fight, Sharon gets into her chauffeur driven car mm-hmm. and yeah, I get, she lives in high town. I get that. She's like this, uh, you know, Alyssa art dealer, but so she has a chauffeur driven car. And she mentions to her chauffeur, who I think is then more of a chauffeur because she's like, we have two problems. Mm-hmm. There is mm-hmm. there is much more to Sharon's role in Madripoor than just simply being an mm-hmm. art dealer. Yeah. Why the hell yeah. was she in Lowtown? She is she's uh, she probably wasn't armed when she was in the bar, but she clearly had a weapon stash somewhere. Or access to them, um, I I think that there's some potential of of her actually being the power broker, which I think would be a phenomenally interesting twist to the story. So you either have one of two veins that I envision for Sharon. One is she still is a CIA spook, and she's basically planted there doing stuff for the government. Or yeah, no, she's a power broker, and she's she's gone off. Mm-hmm. gone off the, the proverbial rails with this. Um, I'm good with either one. I actually like the power broker theory. I got to say, I, I that makes it so infinitely interesting. That would that would totally be the twist that I did not expect coming. So that would be really interesting um, if that were the case. And you're right. When she did get in the car and she's like, we have two problems. Like, what 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 problems exactly? Like, what, what else are you doing, Miss Sharon Carter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is where my train of thought went. Because I'm like, that's... Not the kind of the the way it it like you said, Tim. It was it was completely different to way the way she was acting mm-hmm. when she when she was in her her little apartment or her or the place yeah. where she lived. It kind of seemed off. I'm like, why would she need a car a dri- like a driven car? Like, how do they know she was? Wait, what's happening? Like, how did yeah. this how did this happen? So there's definitely more to Sharon Carter. Um, I don't know what and the powder broker power broker idea would would definitely be a plot twist I did not see coming. So I'd be okay with that. And the thing is, it kind of makes sense for like basically a, a disenfranchised CIA mm-hmm. agent who had mm-hmm. connections, who was used to working, uh, you know, in kind of a clandestine environment, that kind of stuff, who's then forsaken by their country to say, eh, you know what, I'm basically going to become a kingpin of crime because right. um, I have a pr- very particular set of skills that I can apply. (laughs) And you know what, if I can't be on the lawful side of good, I'm going to create my own side of good. 
especially since there's no protection for her or anything like that. Yeah. You know, I, I could see it as a possibility. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to kick a few holes in that theory, yeah, but yeah. then say, uh, as we've been talking through the episode and I've been thinking about it, uh, I could buy into it. Uh, so the couple holes I'm going to kick into it. Um, and again, we've seen that this is not necessarily true. Um, when they do things like this, but Zemo consistent, uh, consistently refers to the power broker as a he, right. um, throughout that's, that's mystery um, though. Hold on, that's hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold okay. On. All right. All right. And the fact that Zemo was very well aware of the power broker and what they were doing pre civil war. Mm. When Sharon was on oh. the good side, because remember oh. civil war. Yeah. See, that's what I was right, trying to wonder. So, but we all know, and I mean, this show is a perfect example of it, that titles change. True. Mm-hmm. So I could also see that Sharon was not the power broker when Zemo was out and active. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, who's, how many people see the power broker? I mean, it's right. the, uh, um, the, uh, um, the Wizard of Oz. Now, why can't they? No, I was thinking the Dread Pirate Roberts. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, how many people know who the true Dread Pirate is? Did Sharon assume the role of the power broker by offing the current one? You know, mm-hmm. was there a power vacuum? Um, did something happen during the blip? Who knows? So I could definitely mm-hmm. see her play being that role now, but that there have been several power brokers uh, throughout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would work. So, yeah. Um, so the last kind of thing, and we talked a little bit about it, um, and, and we can talk more as we see the episodes progress. Is now that we have uh, Wakanda involved in this show, uh, and, and we already kind of talked about it, what is the role Wakanda is going to play? Is it a one-off? Is it Hey, when we're done with him, you can have him back. Uh, you can have Zemo yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Is it, you know, where do we see, you know, them coming into to play? Because we know that they want vengeance, as Sharon, uh, or no, it wasn't Sharon, or Sam points out, Wakanda has not forgotten what Zemo did. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and obviously, Oyo's uh, presence uh, confirms that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see. Um, how they play out, um, who is next on the ladder uh, that they're going to climb, as uh, mm-hmm. Zemo puts it, to um, get to the serum, get to the Flag Smashers. Um, right. We do have episode four, uh, again, written by uh, Chad Stalinsky. How did I do on that one, Tim? Good, good. Okay, good, I think that was good. good. Um, and, uh, so I think we'll see, you know, again, a lot of, uh, a lot of action to push the story through. I mean, folks, we're halfway through, so mm-hmm. there's a there, lot, there's, there's, it feels like there's a lot of ground yet to, to, to cover. Yeah. Oh, ab- absolutely. Um, and I'm going to hazard a guess when this is done, uh, we're not, it, it ain't going to all be wrapped up in a pretty little bow. Um, no. and I think this is one where they're at least have been rumors of discussions of a season two. 
unlike yeah. WandaVision, I don't think this one is necessarily deemed a one-off. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I speak for uh, the two of you when I say uh, Disney, just make that happen now. Just just click Sign click it. the renew button. Mm-hmm. I'm on board. I, I want more uh, Sam Bucky. <laughs> throw in more Zemo in there. Go ahead. Throw some more Zemo in yep. there. No John Walker. <laughs> no, John. no more John Walker. But not hating on the actor, just John Walker. The true. Very true. <laughs> All right, folks. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk episode four. Uh, and you can catch us every week over on Guardians of the MCU, where we talk not just MCU TV, but across the MCU. Have a good weekend.